0: Hello everyone listening, this is Keaton, the host of Dealing with Disabilities, and before we get started, I would like to say my goal with this podcast is to not only educate about mine and other situations, but also if there's anyone out there with a disability, physical or mental, and you are getting bullied or having suicidal thoughts, you are not alone, and it gets better. The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255 or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Hello and welcome back to Dealing with Disabilities, hosted by me, Keaton Cousins. Today we will be talking with my mom, Kathy Cousins, about my life with cerebral palsy. We will be going deeper into my background than the last episode so all the listeners truly understand my background. Hey mom, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Keaton, how are you?
0: Um, I'm good. So just so you know, some questions will be the same as the last episode, uh, but I have also added new questions. And from what you have told me, your memories are different than Aunt Lisa's.
1: Yeah, that's pretty true. (laughs)
0: Um, Before we get started, I would also like to say that my parents have been my biggest supporters throughout my life. They've encouraged me to do my best no matter what the task is at hand. Now, unless you don't have anything to say, let's get started.
1: I say I love you and thank you.
0: (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) When did you find out you were having a child with cerebral palsy?
1: Um, didn't really find out until after you were born. Um, you were born by a cesarean because there was issues going on and they decided that you need to come out by a C-section. And um, when you were born, your scores, which I can't explain, I don't remember what they're called, but they rate a baby when they're born on their color and different things. And you had very high scores, so you were you know, a healthy child. And then when you came in and we um, attempted the breastfeeding, um, the nurses saw something that it looked like you weren't getting enough oxygen. Um, They put you, took you away from me and and monitored you for a while. And they came back and told me it it appeared that you might be having seizures. After a while, one of the doctors came in and told me that you could possibly have cerebral palsy, but they they wouldn't, you know, say that you did. They said that it could be that or it could be something else. Um, They wouldn't really diagnose you until you were like two or three years old. Um, So I kind of knew that there was something going on, but we didn't know exactly that it was cerebral palsy i guess
0: so at that moment you couldn't see any physical differences in me than any other kid no
1: um when you came home we did begin to you know we learned to see that you weren't getting enough oxygen and you'd get kind of a little bit of a whiteness grayness above your lip um but that was really there there wasn't there wasn't much you were an average
0: baby um was it hard adapting to having a child with cerebral palsy
1: um, no, you you are what you are, and you, any parent, I believe, that has a child has to learn, when it's their first child, how to take care of that child, and I don't think it makes much of a difference if there's a disability. You have to learn and adapt to take care of the child that you have. And that's your child, and that's what you learn, and that's what you know. Whether there's a disability or not, I think every parent has has a, a challenge raising their children.
0: How did the family find out about me having cerebral palsy, and how did they react to it?
1: Um, hard to remember. 21 years ago, my memory is so, so poor. But I believe that when the doctor came in and said you could possibly have cerebral palsy, I think most of the family was there um and i don't remember any major reactions from anybody i mean you do what you have to do um i do kind of recall my mom saying she thought she had seen something was going on but i don't really recall that very clearly
0: and in the last episode Aunt lisa talked about all the bells and whistles that i was on Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, they
1: really weren't bells and whistles. You had oxygen when you came home and it was, you know, you had the oxygen and it had to, the little tubes had to be taped to your cute little cheeks. And um, if it came off or the oxygen wasn't going through your nose, then a bell would go off. So that was the only thing that you had. You didn't have any major alarms on you other than that.
0: That's probably why I don't like having those nose tubes in me.
1: When you go to the, like, when you've been in the hospital and stuff. Even when
0: Dad was in the hospital, he tried to get me to do it, and I was like, no, I'm good.
1: That's not so much fun.
0: Yeah. So I remember you telling me in my childhood one specific story about one of Dad's family members um, leaving a message on the answering machine.
1: Uncle Frank, he's the one who married me and your father, and um, he is your grandma's brother-in-law and um you know uncle frank you're very close to him too he's a lovely man and yes when um so obviously we had told the family now that you say that because uncle frank i do remember him he left a message and and said a prayer for for you and for us and said you were going to be fine and and
0: you are was there any stories from the child my my childhood that you remember with the family getting along or being different or anything like that? Um,
1: you know, Lisa was real good. She, she would babysat you. I think she babysat you the first time overnight when you were about four months. Um, so she took care of you and they put you in that pot and took those pictures, which I still have on the wall. I love them dearly. I mean, all the family was supportive and, and Lisa came over constantly to see you. She was she was over here a lot and helping. So that's I guess
0: That's the only <laughs> thing I <you can> remember.
1: <laughs> At this point, yes.
0: Um, how did it affect you personally having a child with cerebral palsy? Was it any different? Um
1: I don't think so because I you are my only child, so you are what I know for raising a child. I would have difficulties with you um squirming sometimes. But that I think, you know, every parent has those difficulties dealing, you know, not getting your sleep because you're up with the baby and you get a little tired. Um, but I, I had a lot of help because we did, we had um, can't, tri-counties came in when you were an infant and they came in, I think once or twice a week, we had therapists come in and help. Um, and try to teach me exercises to stretch you and such. Um, because you did, there is one thing I guess I did notice as you grew a little bit more, um, you tended to, you'd kind of stretch a certain way. So there was, and you didn't use your, your right arm in the same way you used your left. So I guess there was that appearance of your disability.
0: I remember there's one specific story that you told me about dad during elementary school something that you had never told me until a week ago or something well, about
1: him when when your father had um some time off and he used to take you I think it wasn't ele- it was Park Oaks Elementary and he um he used to every once in a while watch you in the recess at recess to see if what you were doing and see if you were associating with other people. And he always worried about that. Did you ever
0: notice anything different about those times?
1: Um, I do remember him one time saying that you were kind of standing near the fence but you were by yourself and he was very sad but for that reason. Do you recall that?
0: I don't remember anything from elementary school.
1: No, you don't. Oh, we had one bully story, I can tell you. You oh, remember. He,
0: I do remember that bully. The one about the he locked me in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and tell that.
1: Well, I got a principal call, and the kid um got suspended, I believed. He locked you in the bathroom. You were in the bathroom, and he shut the door, and you had to crawl underneath it. That was very upsetting that the child would do something like that to you
0: yeah he was I wouldn't say a friend he was more one of the friends that I don't know why he was hanging around me but yeah yeah, that happened and actually I don't even remember if you mentioned this but when I crawled out from under the the stall I punched him in the in the nuts
1: (laughs) I do remember that (laughs) yes because i think that's why i got called in too because of that and and i do remember that i can't remember the principal's name he was he was quite nice and he did he looked after you too and um he said i don't remember him i remember him saying something about you hitting him and that it wasn't a bad thing in a sense is how i don't remember how he worded it but he kind of let that go because of the guy made you crawl on the floor to get out underneath the door. Yeah. So I forgot about that.
0: What was it? At about three years, I went into CCS, it stands for California Children's Services. Correct. Um, can you kind of elaborate on the whole situation about getting me into that?
1: Sure. When, when Tri-Counties stopped, they stopped at the age at about, I think right before, about two and a half, three years. And then they referred me to CCS. Um, I had to call and I remember I talked to Monica, you know Monica. Um, and and I remember having a conversation with her and she told me that before you could get accepted to CCS, you had to be diagnosed with C with cerebral palsy. And I remember saying, Well, he has cerebral palsy, you know. And I was kind of fighting with her because I was upset that she wasn't going to <laughs> accept you into CCS. Um but I brought you in, and I remember it was it was quite smooth transition. you went straight in and it's funny I still have pictures of you that they took from when you went in at three years old to to c c s It was a very helpful program for you, and um, I think people should take advantage of those things that you can get when you have Um, disabilities because CCS is is has been a very good program for you I feel.
0: Now that we've kind of gone over the background of CCS there was a couple therapists specifically that made a big impression on me. Can you talk about any of them?
1: There's many that made I really cared for and 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 appreciate it. I, I don't know if you remember Stephanie. I remember the name. She um she was great with you. She worked really good with you. And now I count that those were physical therapists. And then the one that moved up north. Wendy. Wendy. oh, I loved her too. She was great. Manny has always been very supportive with you.
0: Manny is another person who listens to this podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Manny, um, Manny's a good friend. He's a good friend to you. And, and you made good
0: friends with he, him. He encourages me to do what I want to do no matter what yeah. I do.
1: He's a good support system to you. Um, all, all of the therapists, I mean, I can't name all the names. I, I don't remember all the names, but you had quite a few of them. You know, you went for, what, 19 years? 18 years? Yes. 18 years. 18 years. Yes. Yeah, so you went through quite a few of them, and, and they they were all good. You had many good therapists there.
0: Now, Dad's not exactly home- with us to talk about this but there was times where he stayed home from work with me a couple times and can you do you remember any stories about that
1: oh yes I remembered it that you were so hooked to your father (laughs) you could care less about me you got very attached so yeah your dad was with me for quite a while he he was stay-at-home father for a while
0: do you have any specific memories about my childhood that stick out in your mind
1: um i remember braces with you i remember you hiding your brace behind the
0: behind the computer desk
1: computer which desk which one was that? that was a thumb split you yeah you didn't like that um the splints were difficult that was a tough thing going through um sometimes some of them would give you blisters and have to get them adjusted and redone cuz you grew I remember we used to listen to a lot of music and you'd dance around in the kitchen. I think from
0: what you told me, I used to wake up singing too.
1: Oh, yes, you did. When you were, when you were, must have been when you were in elementary school, you used to wake up singing. It was, I, I'm so sorry I never ever got to record that because it was it was such a wonderful thing. You were always a very happy child.
0: Growing up, I always felt different from all the other kids. I remember one specific time that I asked you if I could stop wearing tennis shoes and braces and get a pair of, just get a pair of regular shoes that every other kid was wearing at the time. Do you remember that? I do,
1: and I also remember another story you used to do. You used to tell people stories that you got, you got hit by a car, and that's why you um, had issues with your, your arm. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I would tell people that I saved someone from...
1: Yeah, getting hit from a car.
0: My first real memory I have of middle school was when I joined Woodshop, taught by Mr. Hanson, who we mentioned in the last episode. I was also attracted to Woodshop not only because of him, but because of Dad. When I came home from school that day and said I wanted to make pens, he decided to make them with me and encouraged me to do my best, and that's how we started that business of turning pens. Um, do you remember any specific times of me and dad kind of bonding over that stuff? Yeah,
1: I do. I mean, you taught dad how to make pens and then your dad started making them. He still makes them every, you know, he makes them for some friends. But, um, yeah, you, you guys bonded over that. It was, it was you. And then, and then after that, grandpa learned how to do them.
0: We Mm -hmm. taught taught grandpa how to do it when we went to Texas one year. Um, can you remember anything else that stood out to you in middle school about my friendship. or when anything? When Dominic
1: came into school, I think you that helped you a little bit because you kind of had some support from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember some horrible things too. And I remember going in and kind of getting pretty mad at the principal. Um, that was at your graduation year. You had some... Some bullies write some horrible, horrible things in your yearbook and drew some pictures that were completely inappropriate. And um, when I brought that into the principal, um, she pretty much didn't do anything about it because they were graduating. And I felt that that was really, really not appropriate for the school. And that still bothers me to this day.
0: Yeah, I remember me saying specifically like, oh, it's just kids being kids. And then you were just like, no, this is not acceptable, which now I realize <laughs> it, was not it really acceptable wasn't. acceptable at all. Um, in the last episode, when I talked about high school, I only mentioned theater, but there was so much I did that I didn't mention that affected me. High school was also when I started dating. Throughout high school, I had a lot of relationships that made me think about my disability. One specific relationship that I can think of We dated for eight months and having a disability is what broke us up. She said that she broke up with me because my hand was the way that it was. Um, That hurts me. You told me before that you did things to protect me in that specific relationship that you kind of never told me until I asked you. Do you know what I'm Um, talking about? I don't
1: remember you dating that long.
0: We dated for eight months. I yeah. don't remember
1: that. Um, I remember being short. Yeah, I remember telling you there was there was issues because she didn't want to meet us. She didn't want you at her house.
0: I remember on one specific occasion, her her father didn't like disabled right. people. There was so some prejudice he there. He didn't like me, and I called you one time, basically crying, going why did God have to give this disability to me? It's unfair. And you basically talked me through it saying like, you know, it's nothing you can do. You just got to overcome yeah. what you're going through.
1: Yeah. Um, it's somebody that, you know, she, she was taught by her father. If her father didn't like people with disabilities, that probably rubbed off on her a little bit. But she she wasn't a good support for you. I was never
0: really open with you guys about bullying that I went through unless it got really bad or you kind of noticed it. I got bullied because I was different. Was there ever a time you knew that I was getting bullied when I would come home from school? Yeah, I
1: think there was. Um, and I I, I kind of tried to talk to you about how to deal with that. I don't remember specific times, but um, I did have contact with the teachers and i contact principals when needed. And... Some of them would react and help. I mean, there were certain teachers that were very supportive towards you and towards me and my requests. Um, other times there wasn't. But yeah, you, you know, it's kind of hard. You're kind of open with feelings, kind of like I am too. I can usually tell when you're feeling a little down. And it hurts to know that your child's being bullied. And it's hard to, you know, you understand why you don't always want to share as well.
0: Yeah, in high school, I went through a really rough time. And specifically, we had talked about suicide in the last episode. And I don't think I ever told you this. You just thought that I did this because of a girl. But it had been one day that I had really been bullied in high school. And I came home, and I was in my room, and I had a knife up to my neck. You walked in on me. kind of
1: hard, um it was a horrendous day um and it makes me sad to know that it was more than more than just the girl um but yeah, it's hard to talk about it was a bad experience, and it was I wasn't sure how to help um, I do kind of remember not knowing what to do and how to help and i i i remember i think i reached out to other people i think i called a family member to come and talk to you that was a little closer in your age it was it was a hard time to go through and i was worried about it for a long time after that i kept i think pretty close <laughs> monitor on you from then on and we had lots of talks about about things at that time that I remember. Do you remember that?
0: The only time I really remember a specific thing was one time me and dad were working in the shop together and I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne and he just kind of turns to me and goes, so this music's kind of depressing. Is this part of your mood now? (laughs) I was like, no, I just like it.
1: He did. He, He worried about you too. I mean... You know we. We um, wanted to make sure that that was a, something that you got through.
0: After that, it all happened. Was when I found theater in sophomore year, I think. It's either soph yeah, it was sophomore year, and meeting all those people, it really helped me overcome all the bad thoughts that I had about my disability. After that. Theater was my second home. I felt comfortable with who I was there because of all the friends I had made and all the people that encouraged me to be who I was. Um, do you remember any specific friends that stood out to you from high school theater? You had
1: quite a few. Um, I don't know if I should be naming names, but, you know, there was...
0: Just go first, names. It's okay.
1: Megan, she was She was. A very sweet girl, and the... And I can't remember any of other names now. I'm coming to a blank. The one that you used to come over and you guys used to sing in your bedroom. It was um that was
0: Megan and Zach and Megan.
1: me. Megan, Zach, and Josh Josh. Yes, I remember them being very supportive to you. and it seemed like it took a little while for you to get that close to them,
0: yeah. They were all in regular theater and I was in technical theater. Yeah. So I had only made the friends in technical theater up until I had worked my first show that yeah. I started becoming greater friends with and all the people.
1: I, I think you did better with the those people than you did with the technical group. I think they made you stronger. Um, I think you got a lot of support from them and, and they became good friends and stood by you.
0: Now that we're talking about um technical theater specifically. There were two people that really stood out to me in technical theater that helped me through a lot of things and that was uh Josh and Cole. And they helped me come to terms with my disability and they realized that I they helped me realize that I could do things with one hand that other people couldn't. Yeah. I remember Cole Cole specifically telling me all the time, Keaton you got this, you got one hand and you do things better than most people do.
1: Yeah. I remember him being supportive I know I know that there there was difficulties with people as well but I think that is not because of your disabilities I I hope to think it's not because of disabilities I think just sometimes issues happen just by what you're going through in life not necessarily a disability just what you're going through you're growing you're you're going through all those different changes and hormones and but I, I think that group really did help you get a little bit more um, confidence in yourself. And I think Donia did as well. I think he was very supportive of you as well.
0: Yeah, as I mentioned in the last episode, I, Donia, Joseph Donia has recently retired from high school teaching. And I went there for his retirement party. And I told him about this idea that I had for this podcast. And he said, Keaton, that's a great idea. You can help a lot of people, and he encouraged me to do this and helped me yeah. really push this idea forward.
1: Yeah, he he was an encouraging teacher. I think also another teacher in high school that was very supportive to you was Sabrina Chase. Um, She stood by you, and I remember in track. She'd come and watch you in track, and I remember speaking with her, and you were in, um, what was that called?
0: Ethos. Ethos,
1: Ethos. yeah. Yeah. I I always thought that class was good for you, but I'm not sure if you really, really did like that class or not now.
0: That was another class that I I felt not specific. It was the group of people I didn't feel comfortable with. I had a few friends from yeah. there, but...
1: Well, I remember Kevin. He was very supportive with you.
0: I had made a couple of good friends in there, but a lot of the people were just kind of like, eh. Like yeah. When I graduated from high school, it was kind of a quiet lull of a time for me that when I went into college and I joined theater, there the professors and the students treated me no differently than anyone else that had supported me in my life. In that time, I had met some friends that I still talk to now two, almost three years later. Um, Thomas Morley was a student in one of my theater classes who had also worked on productions with me and we had became really close friends and he helped and encouraged me to be and do my best. It didn't matter that I had a disability, no matter what I was going through, he was there to help and encourage me. Do you remember anything specific that stood, about a, stood out about him and his attitude towards me?
1: Um, I met him and I liked him instantly. He, was, he interviewed our, my mom, your grandma, mm-hmm. and um, he has a good soul. He has a good soul and, and <laughs> you guys went on that trip and your mother's went absolutely crazy and worried about you. Um it's hard to let go. But yeah, he um he he's a great guy and you know, he treats you just like you are. You're just a good person and so's he.
0: And uh everyone in this episode that I have mentioned Thank you for being a part of my life and thank you for encouraging me to be who I am and supporting me. This has been Dealing with Disabilities. Thank you for listening and accept and love yourself. Tune in every other Wednesday for a new episode.